Hi, everybody. My name is Brian Trendler, and you're listening to the Shut Up and Laugh podcast. Uh, I'm just a local guy in the Pacific Northwest, and I run a little podcast here. And every single week, I get to sit across from some pretty amazing people. They might be local business owners, entrepreneurs. They might be employees of huge companies. And today, I'm doing just that. I'm actually not at the regular podcast uh, studio. I'm actually down here at King 5 TV, and I'm sitting across from an amazing gal whose name I always screw up when I say it. So I'm going to do the first name, and you're going to do the last name, and I will never mess it up again. Your first name, of course, is Empty. Yes, Adrisi. Adrisi. Okay. I've heard it actually said a number of times as well when people have referenced you and they're all like, I have to have to have to have Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're, you're probably kind of used to that, aren't you? I, I answer to anything that sounds like it. Yeah. And Amy. Yeah. Or hey, you address, with the face. You yeah. know. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> Thanks, mom and dad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could have just been Jane. I always wanted to be Lisa. Lisa? Really? But I like Amity better. Yeah. You don't look like a Lisa. No. Nor a Jane, actually. Oh, well. I right. like Amity. Like, you know, the the uh, funny thing is, uh, actually, for starters, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for coming all the way down here. I'm so glad that we're finally face-to-face. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, funny story about that is I have just been dying to get you on this broadcast and it's been actually fun playing phone tag and text tag with you and the, the, at, at the same time i'm i'll be honest with you i'm fanboying because i'm like i have amity's phone number <laughs> texting her and of course it's always i hope it's been appropriate but oh I, no I, <laughs> it's fine and fanboy to none i don't know you're crazy oh uh, no no well I, i've been called much worse so um because obviously you're new to this show. Um, maybe someday we'll have you back, of course. But uh, I'm going to give you a little idea of the format here. I'm going to give you a little thorough, super thorough background check that I did on you. And that's where that little subset story will come from in just a moment. And then I'm just going to ask you some questions about laughter and humor and how it's been part of your life, how it's affected you. Because mm-hmm. um, that's really what we do here with the Shut Up and Laugh podcast. Uh, I feel that it's very important to let people understand and know and acknowledge the power of humor and laughter, the healing nature mm-hmm. of it. Uh, my business partner in the Laugh Tech organization, Marcel Allen, she, I think she probably coined and takes full credit for the hashtag humor heals. And I can't agree with that more. There's way too many studies out there about what laughter does to the body, what it does to people who need to be huggy or need to be physical and or can't. That's actually another side to that. It's the need to exude a certain energy level. And so often that comes out in laughter. It comes out in people's expressions, comes out in their body and their faces and more. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do here every single week. So again, thank you. Thank you for having me. You betcha. Um, The the interesting thing here is that you're the first person I've interviewed that frankly doesn't need any, I don't think any introduction to anyone in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, But uh, (laughs) of course, this works so well in a closed environment. No one can see the face she's making me right now. Like, what are you talking about? Shut up. I do. I know. I don't know that I'm (laughs) well-renowned in the Pacific Northwest, but I am glad to be here. And I'm. You totally are. People stop you in the fruit section all the time, right? And ask for autographs or... Not really. No? But maybe autograph my kiwi and I'm okay with that. Okay. Do you you actually wear a hat and like, you know, turtlenecks and things like that to kind of go covert? 
Actually, no, I just have to keep my mouth shut because people say they recognize me by my voice. Okay. Yeah. So. You do have a great voice. You could totally read children's books. Oh, I would love to. Yeah. That'll be my next career. Nice. Okay. Well, I've got some voiceover contacts. We could hook you up. Done. Done. Just like that. Okay. Um, all right. So for the for the old background check, uh, currently you live in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And before that, and I'm kind of rapidly assuming that this is all based off of your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are originally from Los Angeles, California. Yep. And you went to school studying English literature at UCLA. Indeed, the College of Letters and Sciences. <laughs> now, what, what, what forced you down that path or, or, or made you take that particular uh, angle to the education system? Well, that's an interesting question, actually. Um, so my family was actually in music. They were music, songwriters. Um, my grandfather was a DJ at KFWB back in the 60s. And I don't know if I ever told you any of this, um, but yeah. So uh, throughout the course of my life, we've always experienced things like legal troubles with music and songwriting. Hmm. For example, my grandfather wrote a song called Don't Worry Baby. And the Beach Boys said that they wrote it. So oh, wow. we had to go up to the attic and find the original paperwork it was written on. So in my experience growing up, there was a lot of entertainment attorneys around. Hmm. So I thought I wanted to be an entertainment attorney. Wow. So there were two courses to get there. Is it the political science or English literature? And I think I quickly learned that I did not want to be an attorney after a short internship. Mm-hmm. But I did know that I wanted to help people and that I wanted to stand up for what was right and help educate people. And that kind of came in the form of journalism. And um, UCLA does not have a journalism uh, major. Mm -hmm. They have a communications major, but I didn't think that would do much for me. Not that English literature has done a whole lot, but um, that's how I ended up becoming a English literature major with an emphasis in creative writing and uh, (laughs) minoring in geology. But uh, yeah. How often do you use that geology side? As Often as if you are on a road trip with me, I will bore your brains out. You're like a geode queen, aren't you? I love all rocks because geology rocks. Wow. You've been waiting how long to use that line? I mean, I use it as much as I can. Wow. Okay. Well, so we'll we'll work on some new material at the end of the show. Okay. Okay, good. (laughs) You're Um, the expert. (laughs) Okay. So you are a King 5 TV anchor. Yes. And you've been doing that since 2015, Mm -hmm. if my you know, super impressive background check uh, pans out. Uh, you were formerly of Eyewitness News, KBAK, um, also Fox, was it 40 News? Uh-huh. And that was all out of Los Angeles, right? No, actually, um, in this industry, in order to get where you're going, mm-hmm. you have to start in a very small market. And that okay. very small market landed me in Bakersfield, California. Okay. And God bless Bakersfield, greatest people on the planet there. Um It was a great market, a great place to start my career. And then from Bakersfield, I went to Sacramento, the capital of California okay. reported at Fox 40 there. So nice. Yeah. Huh. And what, what happened to get you out here? Did you pursue a position or were you contacted? Was it that fateful ring on your, I guess, 2015, you didn't have a pager. I find, I, mean, I, I wanted might've. to make it more dramatic than, than, than it was, but were, were, were you contacted or did you, you know, I, it was at a point in my life. I just had my first child and I was in my mid thirties and I thought, okay, so what's happening? Yeah. And what am I going to do? Yeah. And I just decided that I was going to take a job wherever the right job was. So mm-hmm. I got an agent 
and um, we looked, and he's a great agent, um, and we just looked for what was going to be best for me. Mm -hmm. And this job came up, and I'd never even been to Seattle. I'd never even stepped foot in the Pacific Northwest until my job interview here. And, of course, I got here on a beautiful, sunny day. That's actually how it works. In April. Slots that are taken for interviewees, yeah. Exactly. And... um, and I just fell in love with this place. I'd mm-hmm. never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. And so I came here. I got here because of um, looking for a, a better job in a place I could be proud to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that everything was king. Yeah, that's great. That's outstanding. I love it. Um, everyone I know that has that is essentially a transplant has had the same experience. Um, I will never forget when I moved out here, uh, 84, 85, uh, from Rhode Island, of all places, East Coast. Um, my father had been out here previously uh, for a couple months. And lo- long story short, we were at the, I just lost the name of the bridge, the big bridge up north. Everyone goes there. It's a huge connecting bridge. Not the... Um, in- Unfortunately, it's the one people jump off of all the time. Ah, yes. There. Yes, yes. I, I, I now suddenly blanking. I now I'm, I'm blanking because I'm looking yeah, at you and I, yeah, the blankness is yeah. spreading. Well, that actually I have that effect on all women, but still <laughs> people are like, oh, look at the time. Uh, but no, but basically it was a amazing, gorgeous day. Blue skies, sun out, and it was raining. Wow. And we're first of all like, what in the hell have we gotten ourselves into? But at the same time, we were sold. Yeah, just because there's an allure of the Pacific Northwest. Once realized, people realize we actually have electricity and running water and things right, like right. that. Right, right, and we're not still panning for gold and exactly working our way up to the Klondike. Although, with your minor in oh, geology, I got you. You covered. can you can hook a brother up. I right? could have hooked you up so well if we were back mm-hmm. in during the Klondike. Okay, okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. I mean, I don't know that my profession would be this right now. I'm sure it would be something else, but let's not get into that. We should get a bunch of friends together and just go gold mining okay i'm i'm all for it let's totally do it and that's gonna be the best day ever (laughs) even if we don't catch a darn thing other than pneumonia okay (laughs) equal life all right yes exactly um okay we're gonna go into some questions ready to have some fun with this stuff you can answer as honestly as you want to you can imitate other voices or psyches if you want to go like other personalities yeah whatever happens well you're you're a tv personality so i'm assuming you wear that face every single day right it just depends on where you want to blend into it so okay so or or just pretend we're in the fruit aisle and you know someone's asking you how to test if this watermelon is good (laughs) okay okay all right um I think people in your position are fascinating. And the reason why I feel that way, I'm glad you asked, is, is because people only see one side of you, right? They see the reporter, they mm-hmm. see the professional, they see someone who's on point and which camera am I looking at right now? That type of thing, mm-hmm. right? There's training there. Yeah. There's the ability to read text on a prompt and not make it sound like you're reading. Yeah. If only 90% of our past presidents and current presidents would take <laughs> that type of lesson, right? Yeah. I mean, you have an ability to be very fluid. And at the same time, um, I don't think a lot of people understand the amount of work it takes to do what you do. Yeah. Um, you're, you're not just reporting the news behind the desk. You're creating the stories, you're writing the stories, you're researching, and then you're out in the field as well, right? Yeah. So can you give us a little bit of a background there, a couple minutes about really what it takes to be Amity? <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. Well, okay, that's right. But I will say that I do, five. <laughs> I do appreciate that you recognize that. I think a lot of people 
see what we do and think, oh, I could go up there and just yeah. read from a prompter. Yeah. I think a lot of my colleagues think that sometimes. But the truth is, it isn't easy to read because you can't memorize every yeah. single script in an hour long show. So obviously we need a script that we always proof and make sure is correct and accurate. At least that's what a good television news anchor does, mm-hmm. but it isn't easy to make it sound like you're not reading. And there are times that it does sound like I'm reading. And there are times that I actually don't read the script at all. And I make up, well, I don't make up, but I ad lib. Yeah. Ad libbing is yeah. hard because you can always get yourself into a hole, but true. But for me, I think, I think it was, it's really funny because there was a moment in my career and I was anchoring the weekend news in Bakersfield, California. And I couldn't say <laughs> Janet Napolitano. I don't think anyone actually can. I, well, I can now, but, but I couldn't then. I was like, Janet Napolitano. And I literally just slammed my hand down on the desk and I said, hey, y'all, can you just get, I'm going to try that again. I'd never done <laughs> anything like that on the air before because I always felt you had to be this composed, prim and proper mm-hmm. and just so and fill a role. Mm-hmm. Well, the response I got from viewers from that silly little comment reinforced to me that actually this isn't about filling a role. This yeah. is being authentic to yourself yeah. and to the viewers. Uh, sometimes I, I will go too far mm-hmm. and say things that maybe like that. If it's a story about a burglar, I'll say, all right, boom, boom, busted. Big <laughs> dumb, dumb, you know, but obviously it's kind of a feeling shared by all. Mm-hmm. Um but it isn't easy. It does take discipline and it takes a lot of learning. When I'm on set at any given time and they want us to ad lib after a story, I am thinking about the story, anything that you or I or anybody out in the audience would think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of something that is not going to come off as offensive to anyone else, because obviously that's never my intent, mm-hmm. but things just come out. and. There, it's always, it's constant editing while your mouth is speaking. And that is not easy to do at all. Uh, But it's become something that I, even today went, man, I I can do this. I've I've honed this skill. Mm -hmm. What it's good for other than this, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but at least it it is that. But yeah, thank you for recognizing. And in that case, you have to end it with boom, boom, busted. Boom, boom, busted. Busted. Yo. Drop the mic. Drop there the we mic. go. All right. Um, I think, yeah, I, I uh, the, this is where I now tangent and try not to, because obviously in the time that we have, mm-hmm. I want to get through so much stuff. But um, thank you for the description, because again, I don't think people really get it. And humaning is hard to do on TV. Yeah. And humaning is just a fun word to say. Um, if you do it well, people are going to notice. And that one, that that particular situation where you flubbed and you had to hit the desk, that right there, that elevates you in my mind above and beyond half the people out there that I see on TV and or the other channels. Not that I'd ever watch any channel other than King Five, <laughs> but well, it, it's true though because that that type of you know anytime you see people banter or have fun with like the weather person or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's that quip going back and forth, that's what stops me and gets me to watch and pay attention. I think it does a lot of people. And I think that's why chemistry is so important mm-hmm. to people. And I think it's also, and that is also key, why you have to just do this. Yep. There's really no class you can take. You just have yeah. to have time on this earth. And well, you can't the- take lap tech. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or take a class at lap tech and you'll be set. Exactly. But no, you know, um, when you guys are having fun, it shows. And you seem to 
really, really enjoy the presence of all of your other coworkers and teammates. And, you know, as does the rest of your crew with one another, as much as we get to see on King five. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I, I think that's, that's something that sets you apart. Thank you yeah. very much. It yeah. means a lot to hear that. You guys do a brilliant job. Okay. Um, what's the most fun you're having right now with your job? What's making you laugh and why? <laughs> because there's um, so much that you do, but go ahead. Ah. Put you on the spot. You know what? What I've been focusing on lately with my job is not taking it too seriously. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. I take seriously the stories I do. I'm cross checking. I'm doing, I'm a medical health reporter. That's kind of my yeah. beat here at King Five, other than anchoring. So, of course, I'm obviously researching these studies, double cross checking my facts. So, that I do take seriously. But as far as everything goes, the, oh, you know, they didn't ask me to do this or I can't do this or I'm not letting any of that bother me. Mm -hmm. I want it to just be, I'm grateful for the job I have. And I'm actually having a lot of fun with getting to know what I want to do and my limits and mm -hmm. actually saying no. Yeah. When I don't feel like it's the right fit for me or just really find honing that in. And, yeah. and the more with that, is I'm really having fun with my coworkers. I love walking in every day, being kind of extra yeah. and boisterous because yeah. you come in this newsroom at three o'clock in the morning and it's silent. Yeah. And people are like, and grumpy and been up all night. And I am just having a lot more fun with just being me uncensored. Mm -hmm. And so things come out of my mouth sometimes that make people go, Oh my gosh, what did you just say? I would pay money to watch that. Oh, I don't know. The other day something happened and I did get angry. Something happened with the prompter mm -hmm. uh, that has happened in the past and it was a source of frustration. And I had a couple of choice words after I got off set mm -hmm. and I went I, later on, I went back to my colleagues. I said, listen, I'm really sorry that I, had bad language in mm -hmm. front of you, you know, nobody needs to hear that at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And they said, no, you're a boss. You said what everybody is feeling all the time right now. So thank you for that. And I realized, you know, oh, I love that. I think that's just it is just finding the joy in each other. Yeah. Asking someone, what are you doing? You mm -hmm. know, kind of bugging their day. I love that. I'm yeah. really having fun with that. I was hoping to be honest with you, although your answer was better, that you would talk about all those damn food trucks and stuff you were on. I loved those food trucks. They won't let me do that anymore. I want to be on those. I that was a really, really fun segment. I, I probably gained 15 pounds, but <laughs> I love doing that. You want to ask me which my favorite ones were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Favorite ones. My favorite, favorite food truck was called Off the Res. Mm -hmm. It was like um Indian fry bread yeah. and just it was such such good food um and that's the only one that's coming to my mind right now oh my goodness it's okay um but you know what I will email you and you could like post them somewhere yeah or maybe absolutely. I'll post them on my let's give some space. folks some props yeah because there are so many great it was very gracious actually for all of those folks to let you in to their kind of world as well. Yes. I mean obviously the marketing value is mm -hmm. there the exposure is there but they were all very generous with like letting you even do some like like do you have a food handler's permit or were you breaking every rule in the book i mean pretty much probably breaking rules but no we weren't technically net. selling food yeah <laughs> so i think i think i might have gotten out on a technicality okay we might have been illegally parked a couple of times possibly but it's all for the sake of marketing i mean really truly <laughs> we're helping these that's companies. awesome exactly well i i thought that was just a hoot um okay 
You ready to get a little serious now? Uh, I guess. I'm going to mess with your head here a little bit. Okay. Um, well, actually, not not really. But I think, again, the for, for all of our listeners out there, hopefully those two or three people, mm-hmm. um, the first thing I said to you when we sat down is just that I just love your smile. It's just so big and it's there and you can't not see it. And that sounds actually insulting now that's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um, it's like, what is wrong with you? No, but you do lead with your smile. And I, I, I think that's really, really cool. And at the same time, I'm sure there are some times where you haven't wanted to smile. Mm-hmm. So what I want to ask you about is that you have been through some recent hardships. Yeah. And at the same time, like what we talked about before, you're on the news. Mm-hmm. You're on the news every day. You're here at work. You got cameras on you. Um, you're whether it's 3 a.m., 4 you know a.m. or taking time off to talk to me now mm-hmm. during the afternoon. You have to choose what face to put on or to reveal every single moment. And who knows the turmoil going in, on in, inside. Yeah. Um, because of the basis of this show, the power of laughter, the power of humor, um, can you share anything that's been going on and how you're handling it, like how you're dealing with it? You know, um, when I lost my mom two years ago, which was the hardest heartbreak I've ever had to endure, I went to work. I, we were. I was in Los Angeles with her for several weeks as she slowly passed on. <laughs> and so after she finally passed, you know, everyone talks about that kind of feeling of relief, mm-hmm. but also incredible grief. Of course. And I honestly can't tell you how I got through those first few weeks back at work. I I, I was a zombie. I really was. Yeah. I hope. I hope that I did my job. I, I nobody said anything to me and um, autopilot. Autopilot, yeah. really, truly. Um, I don't know how I got through that six months. And frankly, one of the things that I would notice that helped is, you know, your core, your people, mm-hmm. people who text and say, I'm thinking about you and mm-hmm. how you doing. But it also helped, I noticed, that even if you don't feel like it, even if you are beaten down and you want to go in your car and cry and you just don't want to come to work and you don't feel anything. If you put out a teeny tiny bit of effort mm-hmm. to try to make someone else smile, like say something funny or yeah. just smile at them and be like, Hey, how are you doing? It is paid back tenfold. I know. I just, I notice even when I, so I try to make an effort when I'm in a particularly bad mood to be like, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. And even if I'm slightly aggressive about it or slightly <laughs> melancholy, they're like, hey, what, what, what is up with you today? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And instantly, I feel like that can really help. And it's just that little bit of effort uh, to get you reminding again yourself again that your heart still beats. And yeah. That you still can smile and laugh, and that you're not betraying that person by laughing a week, two weeks, a month after they pass, because mm-hmm. you do feel like that. Like, how could I? even have a happy thought mm-hmm. other than my children then I'm allowed to do that but nothing else and yeah yeah that's been hard and I recently lost someone else very dear to me and it's really thrown me it's really it's thrown me in ways that I hadn't anticipated in making decisions about my personal life mm-hmm. in re- looking at things as they should be I mean we have life is short yeah it's too short to be unhappy and not smiling so yeah I like that. Yeah. It is. It's it is too short. I mean, things happen and change in the blink of an eye too. Um mm. before, yeah. you know, we started recording this, we shared a couple of things that we have almost 
a synchronicity level that's almost freakish yeah. about some things. And we now share that as well from the standpoint of our mothers. Mm -hmm. I lost mine five years ago that's to a so battle sweet. of cancer or with, with, with cancer. And she fought every single day till the very end. And it, it withered, it withered, whittled her down. It's a hard word. Mm -hmm. Almost like Nancy Neapolitan or whatever yep. the hell her name is. <laughs> Peloza, whatever. Um, it, it whittled her down to, you know, under a hundred pounds. And it was just one of those things. But for the first few years, she was driving up to my house from Olympia for two nights a week to help save us in daycare costs yeah. in the middle of chemo. You know, never complain. I know, seriously, like ultimate Wisconsin trooper through and through. Never complained a day. And it went into remission and then it came back and then it finally took her life. And I can relate. There was this incredible sense of relief and joy that the pain was over. Mm -hmm. But then what was left was the loss of the matriarch of our family. And that entire infrastructure was just gone. And yeah, the whole autopilot, the numbness, the need to go on and show up to work the next day or whatever and worry about what the people are talking about behind your back. Or yeah. Do they care or do mm -hmm. they really care? Or is, is this happening because it's genuine or you know, whatever? Yeah. Ah, it just yeah. sucks, doesn't it? It sucks. It does. And you really find out who your people are. Yeah. You know, you really, really do. Very quickly. Very quickly. I, I personally don't like the reference of tribe. Like, like find your tribe, everybody. I, like, you have to find your tribe, and it's so much fun. <laughs> but it's true, right? Because you do have those people, whether you can count them on one mm -hmm. hand or multiple. Um, it really is important to be able to have those people to just bounce pain off of and also have them shake you loose and get you to laugh and smile. Or like you mentioned, just that cathartic nature of being yeah. able to make someone else smile. Yeah. Because that also... It, it fills you up too. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what's key. So yeah. love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, okay. So we got about three minutes left before we take a quick um, break for our sponsors, but um, because of what we just talked about, what do you think was one of the best things that came from it? I know that sounds a little strange, mm. but there's goodness to everything. You're right. Actually. Um, I think when you lose somebody who has been so important in your life and so key to how you go forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mother and I, we basically grew up together. We were not, she was 19, 20 when she had me. Um, you, your identity starts to shift in who you are. And I, the one thing that has come out of this that I've enjoyed is, the fact that I know myself better than I ever have before. Hmm. And I like myself. That's brilliant. And it's amazing. And I didn't do that alone. I'll just let y'all know. I have an analyst who's helped me. <laughs> That's the fancy word for therapist. Yes. I do. I, I went into therapy about a year after my mom died and that woman saved my life. Mm -hmm. And she helped me kind of find that. But that was what I had to understand is that I had a different identity than from away from my mom. Mm -hmm. And now I have, I'm a, I feel like a woman and I feel like a woman who understands herself and it's mm -hmm. God, it feels great. See, this is one of those reasons I wish we were Facebook living right now <laughs> or whatever the heck it's called. Just like ask the Google because you just lit up when you answered that question. Wow. You're a totally different person right now. You're actually clashing with the yellow behind you. You're, <laughs> you're brighter. Uh, it feels good. And your analysts would be very proud because those breakthroughs are pivotal. Mm-hmm. And they help shape not only who you are right now, 
but who you were and just didn't recognize. And then at this point, it's like the whole boomski or yeah. the whole thing you said about the, yeah. the burglar. Yeah. There's no stopping you, right? Yeah. And I mean, it, it is. And yeah, exactly. The only one that's going to limit you is you. It's you. And, and it's hard to understand. That is a voices hard in your head. to grasp. Yeah. 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 We all have multiple personalities in our head, whether we want to admit it or not. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Because no matter what level of success somebody has, there's always that that little voice, that little SOB saying, you know, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? You're going to fail. Don't wear that. Those shoes don't match. You know, whatever. You know, yeah. Brian, Brian, why do shirts look like tarps on you? I, I mean, all of those voices. It's very frustrating. And they don't, for the record, <sighs> look like tarps on well, you. Well, thank you. It's only because I'm wearing blue. Um, it's very thinning. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and take a break. And uh, give you a chance to get some water or whatever, and then hear from our sponsors, and we'll come back and we'll have some more fun. Okay? Okay. All right. See you on the other side. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Trendler again from the Shut Up and Laugh podcast series. If you think you know everything about Facebook and YouTube marketing, guess what? You are absolutely incorrect. You probably can learn a lot. And that's why I want to welcome one of the new sponsors to the show, Dreamosity. Uh, Marcel Allen is the woman to speak with regarding getting to know so much more and actually possibly finessing what you already know to be effective with your social marketing and your outreach efforts. She's a content consultant, a social media manager, and she also considers herself a seagull trainer. If you'd like to know what that is, you'll need to contact her. Go to dreamosity.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-O-S-I-T-Y.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. My name is Brian Trendler, and I run a little podcast here called Shut Up and Laugh, and I'm sitting across from the amazing Amity Andresi. I say it right? Andresi. Andresi, damn it. It's okay. Oh, you have to start all over again. Have to do everything. No, you have to stay like this. We're going to get it. (laughs) I I will get it, but it might take a few years of being your friend to finally nail it. All right. It's it's a deal. Okay. All right. So, um... Prior to the sponsors, we had a couple of, uh, not really a couple, one tough question that got Mm -hmm. you to talk about a few things that you've dealt with in your life. And ah, let's not linger there. Let's talk about fun stuff. You are on the news every freaking day. You get to report all kinds of amazing things. And you also get to ideally, uh, well, handle all of those things. You've seen so much. And like I said, you have to report them, whether you're reading from the prompter or you're kind of pulling out of this emotional pit that some of those situations put you in. Can you share um, one or two of those toughies that you've had to deal with and kind of what it's done to you before and after? Tough stories. Yeah. Some of those tough stories. How have you maintained? Wow. That's um, that's a really, really, really good question, actually, because... (laughs) I've, I've been asked, what are my favorite stories? What are the most, but I, I've never really been asked what are the tough stories and how they've changed me. Um, well, you're welcome. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, tough in, there's a, there's a lot of scales of tough, I think in this industry. First is technically tough. Is it like just yeah. working hard on a story? And yeah. there was one story in particular I worked on when I was in Bakersfield about a, a man who was running a company and I can't believe I don't remember the name right now. Um, it's okay. But he was basically taking in byproduct from farmers and he was dumping it 
on mm. the land. Mm. And what happened was this chemical was seeping down into the groundwater and has, I'm sure by now, seeped down into the groundwater. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, a colleague of mine, uh, he was the head of the environmental health in Kern County, Matt Constantine. I worked with him a lot on mm-hmm. trying to get this information out there because this person had to stop. Yeah. I mean, he was literally putting chemicals where people were going to be pulling water yeah. for the next 50 years. Um, it was a hard story because he kept trying to take us to court to get us to stop the story mm-hmm. and not get records. It's a hard story because he threatened me with a rifle to get away from his property. Wow. And it was a labor of love though. When it got, when we were done, we, um, I felt good. I felt like I knew mm-hmm. what I was doing and that I was strong in it. And I was a very baby journalist back then. So that was a good, and it, it turned out good better i think Mm -hmm. for me it was it was it impacted me because it was hard and i persevered now there have been stories that i've done and there was actually one specific kind of story that i had to realize i couldn't do anymore so Mm -hmm. i haven't been very um silent about what happened to me as a child i was molested Mm -hmm. um, by a family member and a couple years ago i told everybody about it on king five news and i was grateful to king five for giving me that platform to speak about it because it's you're you feel embarrassed but there's nothing to be embarrassed about it's not your problem it's one of those things where i never thought that would be a tv news station would let me have that platform Mm -hmm. but prior to that it was something I was embarrassed of. It was something that I hadn't dealt with. So mm-hmm. whenever a story came up about something of that nature. Triggered you. It triggered me. Yeah. And it was very hard to do those stories. And I think the very first panic attack I've ever had, one of many now, was when I was standing outside a place where a bunch of sex offenders were living. Mm-hmm. And it was a motel. And they were... They were saying things, they were yelling things, they were not happy that we were there. Sure. And I started having a panic attack and I didn't understand why at the time. I didn't know what was happening. I literally thought I was having a heart attack. Yep. It feels like that. it feels yeah. It's like the worst thing ever. And my photographer took me to the uh, ER and they were like, basically you had a panic attack. And I realized at that point that I couldn't do stories that involved uh, molested children yeah. or uh, any sort of sexual assault. I had a really hard time with, but having since shared my story, I'm now want to talk about it. I'm yeah. much more eager to, to get that word out there and to talk about sexual assault awareness and because there's so much that goes to it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of made that my mission now. So mm-hmm. hard, but then not so hard. That's uh, and then, you know, honestly, there are the times that you're out in the field and make you question why you do this job. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I got to, do you want to get dark? Go dark. All right. It's what we're here for. All right. I'm going to apologize to you guys for this one because, so yesterday I was out, yeah, I was down in Tacoma covering the Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Church. It's basically falling apart. Gorgeous church. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to fix it. Um. <clears throat> And then we got called to an accident with Sound Transit. There was an incident oh, okay. on the track. I heard about that. Yep. Well, we have a very strong policy not to report on suicide. And mm-hmm. it appeared to be that this was the case. I got to the scene. I spoke with the officers and they confirmed, yeah, this is what happened. Mm. Well, I was waiting for directions on what to do next. If we were 
returning to base or coming back to the station mm -hmm. um, or what, uh, the medical examiner showed up, the ME. And he drives up and the police officers escort him up to the tracks. And I'm thinking, like, what are they doing standing there? The bridge where this yeah. incident happened was a quarter mile back. Oh. Yeah. I know why. <laughs> and then it occurred to me why they were standing a quarter mile away. And I literally, I've seen a lot in my career, a mm -hmm. lot more than I ever need to or want to. But for some reason yesterday, it just it really hit me hard. Mm -hmm. And I almost got physically ill. Yeah. And so that's the one thing I think I still struggle with. It's hard to understand every day is that the senselessness of so many horrible things mm -hmm. and the violence. Yeah. And I think after a certain point, my, my former uh, co-anchor, Natasha Ryan, we talk about this all the time, that it's having it's PTSD of this industry. I Absolutely. mean, we're not the first responders and God bless every one of those first responders out there because what they do, I mean, we're, we're there trying to perform a service. A lot of people sometimes look at us like vultures, but truly mm -hmm. we're there to perform a service. Absolutely. To inform the public. But, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's pretty hard. And that's kind of the hardest for me right now. The other things I feel like I've moved through, but that, that's what I struggle with. So with yesterday's example, mm -hmm. and thank you for sharing that. I know that's hard. I can see it in your face right now. Mm -hmm. I can see it in, frankly, the way you're posturing because it's uncomfortable. Hopefully you're not playing it through too much in your mind right now. So I, I want to try to flip that. But what do you do to get that funk out? You know, it's funny. They call it gallows humor. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it, it goes back to what I say about when I walk into a newsroom that's super quiet and no one's mm -hmm. talking. So try to try to lighten the mood and let the people know that they're there, that they're they're that you're grateful. Yeah, value. That you're right? thankful and that you're respectful and and that's that's how I tried to do it. I, I kind of joked around with the officers because I knew what they had to do and what they'd been staring at that morning that couldn't have been good. And mm -hmm. I didn't even have to really witness what they've had to witness. Mm -hmm. So I tried to, to, to get through with that. And then I actually asked my photographer if I could drive back. Mm -hmm. Usually our photographers drive the reporter and we're sure. running a web story, but sure. I needed to be driving. Like I needed to be in control of something and, and take the back roads. Yeah. And, and that really helped me. I really love taking the back roads through Puyallup and, Seeing people's homes and ranches yeah. and yeah. and it just it filled me with such joy. and in Puyallup you can still see their Halloween decorations. Real, what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Pacific Northwest joke? They're just yeah, they're just a little behind oh. in Puyallup. Oh. Just a little couple months. I know, love those whatever. people. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I love about your answer in particular is the way you say that you get out of stuff had nothing to do with self care. It had to do with acknowledging and appreciating those around you, the officers, the coworkers, the photographer, he probably, he or she probably appreciated not having the drive, right? <laughs> you know, like, look, it'll be a passenger. And yeah. like, again, why are those Halloween lights still up? You know, as, right. as, as they're getting the proverbial tour, you, you're always giving. And that's a, that's, that's a great character attribute. So if no one, if, if your um, analyst has not mentioned that to you before, it's true. It's there. And it's apparent by the way you're answering these questions. You handle stuff in your own way, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it builds up. You know, you might need a release of some sort, whether it's that cathartic drive or, like you said, messing around with the officers, mm -hmm. making them smile. 
because you're getting something from that. You're a mama bear. I am a mama bear. You're I, such I, actually, a mama bear. Has it's said coming that. out. She said you're a mama bear. You yeah. care. Well, I'll make you a deal. I won't charge you what your analyst charges you oh, well, for, this, for this hour. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, how about pure, straight up laughter? Give us an idea of, and I didn't like, I didn't want an imitation of laughter because it, it'd be way too fake. You don't want me to fake um, Like, ha, ha, ha. Um, tell us a story or two about something you've covered or experienced that really has rotated around laughter and it's really kind of been the saving grace of the situation and i can see you already know something because you've curled up in this little fetal position here okay it wasn't like it was saving grace of a situation i mean there's all the the beauty of my job and the thing that's going to be so hard for me when i finally one day have to walk away from it because i think at some point if a journal a journalist knows yeah when to take their talents to other fields voiceover or taco truck. Or, t- or taco truck. Okay. Um, but the one thing that I love so much about this job is the is the interpersonal connections. I mean, I have stories with people in this newsroom that I've known for almost fifteen years. So there's a photographer here who thinks he's he's pretty much a badass now because he's he's very talented and he's come very far <laughs> in his career. But when I knew him, he was twenty two years old. And yet I couldn't get a headshot from you to save my arse (laughs) and the one you picked all right my fault Um, that's just temporary that's not going online until i get a real i will give you one king five i know i'm not giving the king five headshot it's terrible okay i'm gonna give you one but okay nonetheless (laughs) i'm launching this tomorrow so you i'm going literally before you leave i'm giving it to you okay okay Okay. so i'll believe that when i see it (laughs) (laughs) um but this kind of banter, like mm-hmm. this is what you have with a photographer in the mm-hmm. car. And I've had uh, female photographers. My one, my sister was my female, was my photographer for a yeah. while. And we had an absolute blast together. Mm-hmm. We worked together for about maybe a little less than a year and we would fight and we would squabble, but we would have the best time ever. And I just loved working yeah. with her. Are you younger or older? She's my older sister. She's okay. actually my aunt, but we're only eight years apart. Oh, oh and we okay. basically grew up together. So she's Tamara. And she, um, she's like, my, I love her. She's Should like, I contact her for the headshot? Maybe. God, no, actually, <laughs> God knows what she would send you. Um, but yeah. That's I, why. Yeah. That's incentive. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, that's the overall broad stroke mm-hmm. that I've always enjoyed. Is it's just fun. You're out in the field and you feel like you're doing something and it's just every day's new and it's that's fun. Mm-hmm. But the one story when you say giggle that always comes to mind is when I was asked to cover the world's largest skinny dip. <laughs> <laughs> and it was going to be recorded by the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh wow. Yeah, so this was legit. And so <clears throat> my photographer and I, we start driving out there and we're talking about we're both adults i mean naked is naked right what are you gonna do so we get clearance to come in and we're driving and we're being very professional we see naked people and then he says to me naked guy on a bike naked guy on a bike (laughs) (laughs) it begins right and so it began oh man and it was it was one of those crazy stories where you just, you had to be creative because mm-hmm. how do you shoot a bunch of naked people mm-hmm. in a pool? Oh. And um, 
When, and we just thought we were, I, I think it was so funny because we thought we were so above it. We thought we were like real hard yeah, journalists. No, we all become 10 and 10 year old boys and boy girls. Boys, yeah. The two of us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you can't see the bike seat, you know, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like, oh man, I never forget that. I'll gravity forget is, that. gravity is a very ugly thing oh, when not, represented yes, in yes. a massive skinny dip fest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to throw it out there. Have you ever skinny dipped? course you have yeah you know what i never have you've never gone no skinny i i i uh, no oh no i don't i don't see the point because this body was also not meant to be seen by frankly mother nature much <laughs> less anything else plus i sink like a brick so the last <laughs> thing i want is for someone to find my pasty white body at uh, the my, bottom my washingtonian white elmer's glue <laughs> body at the bottom of some, you know, beautiful lake. Listen, I think you need uh, to take a warm vacation somewhere. Oh man! And and find a a, a spot that you feel comfortable and just. I I, I feel I'd be insulting to the fish, you know, no, or something. No, I think yeah. it's very freeing. I I tell people all the time that I make a great carry on. We you know when, when, when someone's like, "I'm going to Aruba," and I'm like, "I went to Renton recently." It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's my just, life. Yeah, it's just not not in the cards. But you know, thanks, thanks for the support. Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you better do it. Oh man, no. Thankfully, I can guarantee you there would be no pictures or proof <laughs> of me doing it. You have to stop self-deprecating. Well, that's that that's my shtick, though. That's your shtick. Yeah, and that's why I do a podcast and not TV. Unless you want to get me on TV. I'm so. going to get you on TV. We could talk about that later. Okay. Or we could talk about that now. I mean, we could talk about that whenever. What, what do you want to do with We're going to get you on TV and skinny dipping. <laughs> so. This just in. <laughs> <laughs> the very white abominable or whatever the Bigfoot Sasquatch exists. Oh, that's right. Finally caught on film. Oh, mm. that's such a bad visual. That's <laughs> Stop. Just, that's so bad. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um. About halfway through the last segment already. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Man, middle mark here. Um, tell me about your public speaking career. Tell me about what you do, what you've done. I know you do MC work. Mm -hmm. um, you've been a keynote speaker as well, correct? Mm -hmm. You've done work for Cocoon House. This is a organization, right? Uh, um, not, Did, I've worked with Cocoon House. Okay. So, um, Shepherds have done work with. I, okay. I mean, actually, maybe I have. I I think so you have because I have a really bad memory. That's okay. I have a big scar as well, which isn't just for looks, you know. What happened? I got a nice accident and some Dane Bramage. It's it's okay. It builds character. Nice. Yeah. But uh yeah, so okay. So what are you doing? What do you like to do? What's your favorite of all the stuff? I don't like emceeing you don't i get okay so nervous well turn those gigs over to me then I, I absolutely I will um <laughs> i actually get so terrified in front of a large group of people mm. um recently i and i'm getting better as time goes on i feel like i'm getting more comfortable mm -hmm. i recently did the um the domestic uh Violent services for Snohomish, mm -hmm. and I love working with them because that's mm -hmm. my mission, right? Like yeah. I want to get yeah. that out there, and, and God, it's so powerful what they do. But it is such a heavy yeah. event because there's just so much sadness, but there's also so much light. But when you stand up in front of three to five hundred people, I mean, I, I can do this. I can talk on a microphone. Yeah. I can talk to a camera in a studio by myself. But when I get up in front of five hundred people, it takes a second before I can finally yeah. get the engine going. Push I just, the anxiety away. Right? It's scary. It makes yeah. me nervous. Like tonight, do you I find have it to... exhilarating at all, though? Because 
for to many people, it becomes an adrenaline rush, kind of a junky yes. sensation. Because that's what I get out of it. Everyone else, everyone out there is yeah. my therapist. When I do an right? event that yeah. is just fun and off the record, and like four to five, they have me do their women to watch event. And I hope they have me do it this next year too, because mm-hmm. it didn't last three years in a row. Um, I love that event. It's all about these incredible women who are business owners mm-hmm. who are doing things and it's fun and the audience is engaged. I love that. And that's where I do, I feel, get my groove on and it's like a drug because yeah. you just, you work, it just, you love seeing the audience respond mm-hmm. um, to not just my humor, but everything else, just seeing the feeling in general. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm really funny. Like, I are. am probably the funniest person I know <laughs> in my own world. Yeah. I literally make myself laugh out loud. And mm-hmm. those are the times I'm happiest yeah. when I'm by myself. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm my best audience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. God, it's, I've it's never weird. gotten up and walked out on myself. I mean, neither. No. And I could just <laughs> entertain myself for hours. Now that I've just said that, you know, one of the personalities will be like, F it, I'm out of here. Uh-huh. Just, and like scatter. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I definitely see that. Um, what about you? I mean, you love in seeing just. I, Yeah. Yeah, I, I like being able to control the ebb and flow of an event. Ooh. And when a client puts that trust in me, I, there's there's no higher compliment. Ooh. And only over the last like two or three years have I taken it to any level of, you know, hire me for this or Ooh. for that. Yeah. But I think the game changer for myself and then again, my business partner, Marcel Allen with, with Laugh Tech is we are brought in to um, do the Claire Beckett Guild foundation um cancer event basically Mm -hmm. um almost two years ago now where the whole point at this little place in mercer island one of their their little get-togethers was to just raise money for the unpaid bills Mm -hmm. of these children's you know cancer treatments and the gal there who was in remission she's just gorgeous little kiddo and this uh, just the you know the fire in her eyes and that passion to get through this Mm -hmm. She was brilliant and adorable, like just squishable. You just wanted to just squish her. Uh, her her family was there, of course, in in, in full force, and and you could see that united sense to them. Yeah. And then there was there was the opportunity to just bring levity to the situation. As realistically, we were turning them upside down, shaking them to see what type of money could come out. Oh my goodness! Because you know that's what you do at an auction, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. not an auctioneer. I can speak fast, but not. I'm not certified, so I don't take that level of responsibility. Yeah. But we did we did the paddle, the raising of the paddle and you know, a few of the things. And we had sort of seated someone in the audience to at the last minute, you know, offer up a donation that then three of the people were motivated to match as as That's as exciting. well. But at the same time, I was able to screw with people. Yeah. You know, and have fun with that. Um, the gal who introduced me, bless her heart, she was the sweetest woman. And she put together all the information about the Claire Beckett Guild, how long it's been around and this and that information about Children's Hospital. So I had those on my little three by five notes, right? Oh, yeah. I was behind the podium where I was going to flawlessly look down and yeah. mention all my stuff, but make it look like I'm not overtly yeah. reading it. Well, in her introduction of me, she read damn near everything I had on my cards. She literally just verbatim, Claire Beckett, Gail, you know, so and so forth. And it was the funniest thing is I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, my first five minutes (sighs) are shot to crap now. (gasps) That's the worst. So what did I do? I she introduced me people clap they're like eh, who is this chucklehead they really have no idea and they probably don't even care because they're just there for the for, yeah. for the pasta or whatever and for the good cause 
But I literally, I took the cards, leaned forward on the podium and said, hi, um, my name is Brent. Oh, no, that's been read. And I threw it behind me. And then, I, and then I, I, I started to reiterate the things that she said, but I changed my tone to like this exhausted, what the hell am I going to do tone? That's genius. And then I kept realizing like, like, okay, oh wait, no, she covered that too. I threw it behind me. So I ended up like throwing like six cards behind me. The crowd was roaring. I, they were just laughing genius. because they, I, I don't, well, thank you. You're very kind. Um, I'm still not going to go skinny dipping, uh, but <laughs> uh, it was just, it was one of those things where like that resilience that, you know, we teach in Laugh Tech, but also we all have inherently at that moment, I was like, how am I going to make this good? Mm-hmm. Because then at that point, oh, we also had someone faint <laughs> during the Stop. presentation of the slideshow Stop behind it. me. Yeah, she got so emotional. She was at one of those standing like like circular bar yeah. tables. Mm-hmm. She locked her knees drop like a sack of cement oh my god so we had to stop the slideshow it's right in the middle of like the chemo treatment photos and of course you know not to pull the atypical thing but like the bald little girl and the iv drips and all this. we had to stop everything to make sure this woman didn't die yeah and of course i'm i'm, I'm worthless i'm like someone call for help because i don't know anything <laughs> no, i can't I even either. perform heimlich on someone you know I just, oh. I just drop my chair and hope they don't you know croak but it was hilarious and that cemented it for me because i was like these people don't need to know me from a hole in the ground yeah they just have to they don't have to but ideally they just need to laugh and shake off the pain of the situation and just realize that what they're doing helps make a difference and i want to be the one to help facilitate that that's that's wonderful yeah yeah so it's fun but this is not about me it's about you i have notes here but no um Tell me about the the four two five type of opportunity. To go a little bit deeper into that. Um, as in what I. As in what do you talk about? Well, you know, I um, depending on the theme of things, I I will just kind of go with really what what we're going to talk about in the evening. Like who happens to be presenting yeah for example the, one of the first years i did it the woman who created glassy baby who is the most wonderful human being mm-hmm. she was there and you know we talked about that I, I kind of started my whole thing on you know philanthropy and uh, entrepreneurship through healing and and so that would be that mm-hmm. but it really for me what's funny is actually i'm accepting an award tonight mm um tell us about it i don't come on no tell us about so it. a friend of mine has a, a good organization where she basically helps is that nikki rush no her she I'll, I'll explain the backstory okay um so basically she just it's it's an organization that helps young women be mentored mm-hmm. and i love it already and it's great and she and i connected couple years back after I had told my story um, and she had reached out to me and said she shared a similar story. And her whole goal was to help young girls too who had suffered. And so she developed something called women to women mm-hmm. and it's an incredible, I'm trying to bring up the, there we go. Standby. Um, <laughs> this works on a podcast. It doesn't work on TV. So oh, I know this is true. <laughs> so she, she's created this wonderful community and her name is Rayan Hall and she's also I think she's also a I branded her business. You did not. Forward principles. You did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. She is an amazing woman. I could eat her up. Mm-hmm. And so anyway she texted me a That was creepy by the way. That is freaky. 
So tonight she's giving me a Warrior Woman Award. And, okay. And I, I warrior I, it up. And don't don't feel so bad because I was supposed to get her an intro written and everything, and oh, that never happened. Okay. This week. Well, make sure you send the headshot to both oh, she gosh. or her and me. Okay. Yeah, we, we 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 worked together on her brand, and oh, the Warrior so It Up was. A mixture of of her influence and mine when it came to where to place it on the logo, and I did a lot of her stuff initially for the the logo and the branding and the color palette and everything else. That's and she's wonderful. a brilliant woman. She's brilliant. She's wonderful yeah. in every way. But she asked me to do this, and I'm like, "What am I going to say?" She's like, "I just want you to give a little speech." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "What am I going to say?" Because mm-hmm. I truly feel when she told me that, I went, oh, "Okay, yes," because I, I would do anything for Aunt. But honestly, I felt like a fraud. Why would you say that? I don't know because I'm I feel like a warrior woman oh. necessarily mm. and then i was like all right and then i, I but then i started thinking about it and then taking stock and everything and i went actually no fuck that oh excuse me Ringard. it's okay forget that i am a warrior woman Damn i right. have been since i was five years old and lost my father and went through steps so own it and i but i wanted to say that tonight so that people know Everyone probably feels like that. It yeah. doesn't take stock in who they are and how amazing they are. Mm. And so that's going to be my theme tonight. And I just, I kind of go with whatever strikes me. It's generally from a very personal place because mm-hmm. I found that in my job, the one thing that connects people is we all are afraid to share things. We're all afraid to say the thing that nobody wants to say. And if you do, guess what? Yeah, a lot of people feel like you Exactly. Do. And it's a connecting. I love that. Okay. Amity, you're amazing. Um, we're going to have one last bit of fun. Okay. And it's actually because I'm skipping the last question because I don't need to. The last one was going to literally be, what do you want to leave us about today? Mm. You know, like kind of like offline, not in front of the cameras, but you just did yeah. by your answer about the warriored up and, you know, F yeah, you are. And I can swear to you, but you know, whatever. Um, you're powerful. And you and you need to acknowledge that inside and outside. People already see it. People are attracted to you because of that. And I just want to thank you for what you do every single day for us peasants well, out there in the in in the world who get our news and information from me and your team. You're doing amazing stuff. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you for You're having welcome. me. Okay, so we're gonna have some fun. We're so out of time. So I stopped to read my closing line, but we're gonna have the James Lipton nod. And ironically, I just noticed it got cut off on my printout. Mm. The James Lipton, who does the um, Inside the Actor Studio, Mm -hmm. he asks all of his interviewers the same three questions. So I'm going to try to remember the other two because it got cut off. The first one is, oh, these are one-word answers. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, I can't. People who say I can't do it. You can't do it? Love it. Okay. If you could travel somewhere or your favorite place you've been to, what would that be? Mm, Rome. Rome. Okay. And last but not least, if you could be known for one thing right now, what would that be? Kindness. Kindness. Fantastic. Okay. I'm going to say my broadcast end, my shout out. Um, This is for you, Amity, as well as everyone else out there listening. When you're out there in between these podcasts with everyone around you that you know and love, be a witness, be real, be present to those that you care about. And why do I ask this of you? I'm challenging you all to try it because sometimes we all just need to be together to take a moment and shut up and laugh. I don't know why I got so emotional there, but it just happened. It's your fault. But again, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. 